Hello and welcome to the Blues Talk podcast, your official Birmingham City Football Club podcast. My name's Callum Denning, Dale Moon alongside me. Today, looking back on a monumental visit to Rotherham United, we went to New York and we came back with what we needed. And as well as that, we'll uh, pay a little special mention to the under-23 squad and look ahead to the massive tie at the Medeski this Sunday afternoon. The Blues Talk Podcast with Dale Moon and Callum Denning. All of that, and I didn't even mention that we were joined by Sean Rush. Dale, how are you doing? Yeah, very good. Thank you, Callum. How are you? I'm all right. I'm looking good. forward to hearing what uh, Rushy has to say. It's always yeah. a laugh. Yeah, yeah. He's just one of the most colourful characters at the club. You know, one of these... I always think when you get sort of fitness and conditioning staff, there are one or two people. They're the articulate, academic, you know, the sort of bookworms. Or, I'm not saying Rushy isn't, by the way, before he hammers us. Which you will. Yeah, they're the military style, let's go sort of man motivators. And I think he falls somewhere between the two. But um, yeah, fantastic guy. Has loads to offer. And you can just see, I mean, put his personality to one side for a second. The actual job he's done with the boys this year, given the size of the group, how well they've performed week after week, Saturday, Tuesdays. They've gone the distance in the championship. Uh, is a testament to the work he done all the way back in the summer when we done that Blues TV feature with yeah. him. He said, you know, the groundwork's put in at these sort of months and it'll pay dividends towards the latter stages. And, uh, yeah, he's true to his word and that's what's happened. Being pitch side and just hearing him as well, pretty much. I mean, fair play to the players. Those routines are um, rigorous, <laughs> I think would be the term. Yeah, yeah. He just knows how to get the best of people. There's just an enthusiasm about him. Uh, there's a real authority about him as well. I think he's, um, yeah, he's really made a mark on the group this year. Uh, but a good good character to have around the place as well. Always good, good for a good value for a joke and a laugh. We said when we spoke to the gaffer in the very first episode of the podcast, we were going to get Rushy on. Yeah. So as the final one of the season, really, the season finishes on Sunday. Yeah. We've done well. Absolutely. Yeah. It's good. Good to get him on. And um, like we'll hear, hopefully he can. It goes into some detail about how he's managed to achieve what he has this season, and then looking ahead to next year, really, because. You know, it's not too far away. What they'll probably mm-hmm. have six, seven weeks away from the club before they start checking in again, going through all their their testing and the bleak test. Another summer of death. Bring it on. Well, speaking of achievements, we'll have a look back then. Uh, our previous, I was about to say previous two matches. We've had three, but yeah. I think we'll speak about Wigan a little bit later. Mm-hmm. See how much we can go into there. Mm. Um, let's go back to St Andrews Trillion Trophy Stadium. Good Friday, Derby, Derby yeah. County. Yeah. 90 seconds I think it took for Juki to score yeah yeah, really good I mean he's like I say a player who you know had that fantastic start to the season all the way through to November scored at Villa Park and they didn't score again for a good few games and now he seems to have found his form uh, but what a contribution he's made this year in general great to see him find the score sheet the last couple games really again I think everyone in the the, uh, the club are pleased for Duke whenever he, he scores because he just offers the, the team so much just puts his body on the line, gets bumps and bruises and gets battered from week to week, to be honest. So, yeah, I mean, what a perfect start. Uh, I think it was a corner towards the, the back post that he meets. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
and turns it in and you think we're up, we're up and running two minutes in and Derby of course a team we still had it all to play for I still do have still it still in to the playoff places yeah. yeah so they had you know it wasn't a dead rubber from their part um, so really good start um, but yeah it didn't last too long no no Derby breaking through yeah. little lob yeah over camp what was refreshing was Harley Dean's comments after the game uh, I think we spoke to him on Blues TV and mm-hmm. he said I've tried I think his words were I've tried to play a lazy offside so he's tried to just step up just got his timings fractionally wrong and Waggon races through and Camp's almost caught in no man's land thought about coming uh, it's a good fit sometimes you have to applaud a finish I think yeah. he gets it up and down really well to lift it over Camp and then underneath the crossbar and you're back on level terms so game on but then Blues not taking it lying down championship survival on the line hmm. Another corner, Gary Gardner has the shot blocked, and the man of the moment, the goal-scoring hero of this season, is there to stab it home. Michael Morrison, the skipper. It's a reoccurring theme, isn't it, Morrow? Uh, Gaz actually seems to get his head on the end of a lot of the corners. Yeah, I hate the term first contact. It's something that me and Tats talk about, but he does seem to get a first contact on these corners, especially when the deliveries are good. Uh, just helps it into an area, doesn't he? And I think it rebounds back tomorrow. He just reacts quickly, instinctively prods it towards goal and wheels away. He was embarrassed by his celebration. Don't think he's won his practice too often. But no. um, I mean, seven goals to the season from a centre-half. His best, his career best. Well, I was going to say, uh, we speak about how well Juki and Shea have done up front this season. Mara, I remember when he scored at Millwall his first this season. He was doing post-match press. Said, oh, well done on the goal. He turned to me and said, yeah, it's a bit of a rare event. Apparently not this season. <laughs> yeah, no, um, five five away from home, two at St Andrews. Uh, but that's what you want. I yeah. mean, you know, all the, like you say, all the headlines have been taken from Juki and, and Shea this year, quite rightly so for their, their goals and what they've achieved. But, um, you know, seven goals from centre-half from Morrow. It's not quite Aidan Flint's, what was it, 13 or 14 yeah, a couple of Bristol years ago City, yeah. from centre-half. But, um, yeah, maybe next year. I know Harley was... Uh, Jokingly had a word with the press after that game and was saying how um, how he you know there's so many times where he feels like the ball's coming his way and it just hasn't and for whatever reason he started off as a bit of competition between him and Morrow but that soon fizzled out and yeah. it's a one horse race in the end. Hey, but he did get that goal at QPR, which I'm sure being ex Brentford he'll have enjoyed. So absolutely. Um, but yeah, uh, after that, Richard Keogh, other end. This is all in the first half hour, mind. Yeah, levels it up at two all. Yeah, yeah, it's one where we get done on a, a little short corner. They they uh, have an overload. They're three on two. I think it comes back to Ashley Cole in the end. You could see it happening. We didn't quite get that third man out of the box quick enough. Um, and they work it back to him. It just helps it towards the, the far post. And he has the run. Just attacks it well. Again, the centre half, who's good at decent in the air. Um, and it flies past camp, really. Don't, um, there's not much he can do. It's a header from close range. And, yeah, I mean, Desmond, after 28 minutes, is... Uh, yeah, a bit of what I mean. It was like a, a lively game. Then you wonder where the game's going. Are we going to see a 5 or a 6 well, This five? is it. I went out into the stands at half time and said, oh, they're all on the beach. Bit of a dull game. <laughs> Can't see anything happening in the second half. Yeah. Um, and uh, weirdly, yeah. it was a bit of a quiet one. Second yeah, half. yeah. I mean, it's all, like you say, it was either going to go one or two ways. You either go and have a 5 or a 6 5, uh, or the game settled yeah. into a bit of a pattern again. And um, I thought we were good value for the draw. I mean, you take a point against a decent derby team. We were up there challenging for a playoff spot. So it just meant that. We knew what we had to do there, yeah. going into going into the Monday um, against Rotherham, and um, it's where the magic happened. New York, New York. Yes. We'll start with the first off then. I mean, logically, because you know, it happened yeah. first. Yeah. Uh, you can see the goal. Yeah. Uh, just a little. I mean, we pre-game. Obviously, teams do their homework. We knew what Rotherham yeah. were all about. 
for having a chat pitch side and the long throw in's a big asset. And it's, I mean, it's nearly, it's closer to the halfway line than it is to the goal and it can still launch one into mm-hmm. your box. Uh, and so that automatically means it's a fighting game. You're always trying to win that first header, second header to try and clear the danger or clearance to try and get the ball away from, from your goal. So always going to be a physical challenge. Got a couple of big lads in there as well. So the likes of Harley and Morrow, Juki coming back to help out for every throw in as well. I mean, he's just doing doggies up and down the pitch for every throw in they get. So real dogged, gritty first half. We never got into any rhythm. One or two little openings where we could have done better, but in general, their game plan just started just seemed to bog us down a little bit, and they got their goal. Um, so then you think, okay, game on. Uh, what's the response going to be at the break? So go in half time, mm-hmm. come out. And there's whispers going around the press box between mm. us, like looking like a slightly different shape. Yeah. Return of the diamond. Yeah. Uh, I know it's something post-game Lukas Jukovic spoke about. Said so he's in favour of it. When you play against direct teams, you can change it up to a diamond. And it just means that you're winning those second balls. They have someone at the point of the diamond to win that second ball if the header's not convincing from from the Rotherham defenders. And likewise, down the other end, you have that little screen in midfielder who can pick up the pieces and hoover up any loose balls. And from the 45th minute onwards, it was as dominant as a display as we've seen. I mean, they look, they, they, Rotherham didn't have an answer. It looked like they were rabbit in the headlights for the first 20 minutes of that second half because they could not get to grips with the change of, shape, of, of formation. And you have to give a huge credit to the gaffer and mm-hmm. whoever called made that call, whether it's you know from a, a bit of help from Pep and Beats or whoever it was, because um, to see that and then to make that decision at the break, you know, usually we'll wait. 10-15 minutes into the second half before changing things but made the decision at half time and you know to, to grab the three goals as we did starting off with Jack McGoan was a fantastic finish into the top and that's what he's capable of yeah, really well deserved as well yeah a lovely little bit of footwork just to shift it again to the right the defender plants his foot thinks he's going to shoot another little touch to his right foot and then really just wrap his foot around it finds that top corner and then you're off and running then the momentum swings the away end it's again was fantastic um I think I spent most of the first half filming the away. <laughs> um, yeah, they, they're up, and you think that we're the team in the ascendancy. That second goal, though, I mean, we just have to spend a little bit of time talking about Shea's run in the build-up to that. Mm. Knocks it past the defender. You notice he's just kind of being forced off the pitch almost. No barrier for him. Turn a pace, yeah. round the linesman, back on, beat the defender to it. Great ball, and there's Hotter. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's, it's weird because uh, I, I feel a little bit sorry for Hotter, whether it's because his his name isn't conducive for a song, you know, you know, in terms of the syllables. Yeah, yeah. Or, but as soon as he scored that goal, the chant from the away end was "Shea will take you yeah. apart again." And one that say whether that's down to the fact that it's a tough name to incorporate into a song, or just how big a contribution it was from Shea, because like you say, it was helped down the line. Shea just gets there ahead of the defender, but. You know, a lot of the time, he'll either nudge that out of play um, or go out for a throw-in or try and win something off a defender. But he's had just the intricate touch that's kept it in play. He's kept it not only from going out for a throw-in, but also a goal kick down the other mm-hmm. end. Like you say, being forced around the outside of the linesman. Um, and even then, you know, there's two defenders. One's gone a little deep towards the goal. The other one's held back towards the penalty spot. He manages just to slice between the two and find Hutto, who's unmarked on the penalty spot. Uh, so all the time in the world to take a touch and, and find the corner. I think he goes through the legs of a final defender, but I'm glad, pleased for Hutter that he got his goal. Um, 
again he says you know I've been making in broken English making a lot of assists there's going to be an impression there but I thought not <laughs> no probably uh, not <laughs> uh, making a lot of assists this, this season without scoring as much as he'd have liked so really pleased for him and he was like the happiest person in the world you were down pitch side after yeah, the game yeah, yeah. so pleased with um, with himself to have got the goal so that was good and then another winger who's become quite an infectious character and although the lads have really taken to care of him uh, he gets brought on with I don't know, like 20 minutes 15 minutes yeah. to play and you know he's a, he's a winger who just scuttles across the pitch with these bags of energy both defensively and, and when Blues are in possession and just wants to make an impact so keen and eager and uh, yeah f- great to see him score his first goal um, Magoma obviously just delayed the pass long enough waited for the overlap Marabti and he slots it away and celebrates in front of that way and it'll be an amazing feeling for yeah. him uh, and he's up and running ahead uh, before the end of the season so I'm interested to see just on, on Kerim um, how he will be after a full pre-season so level-headed as well isn't he yeah yeah just um, he, he just seems like his character and personality is a good fit from the minute he walked in he was a, a bit of a darling with the media I know they were you know eating out of his hands after the first press conference because he was very personable mm-hmm. just says it as it was not in an abrupt way but just in a very likeable easygoing character um, but you find a lot of the Scandinavian lads who come out you talk to a lot of the press and they say you know Seb Lars had a great way about mm-hmm. him um, and Karim seems to be you know one of those players that's an easy fit or go straight into the group and he's settled in really well but obviously the fact that the season in Sweden is very different in terms of timings meant that you know November he hadn't been playing football between November and January so he's not going to lack that sharpness but with a full summer ahead hopefully he can hit the ground running next year also, just speaking about post-match, the man speaks better English than you or I do <laughs> and still apologise yeah, to yeah. everyone there. For yeah. it. it does make it, as, as proud Englishman as I am, it does make us feel a little bit guilty that yeah. you know these guys are speaking the second and third language as Kerim does uh, better than we do and yet he, like you say, still felt the need to apologise or check if his English was okay. Um, yeah, it's a testament to him again really, but very intellectual lad and a really likeable character. Listen, speaking of intellectuals, we've got to speak to one of the geniuses behind this season now, I think. We'll talk about Wigan in just a moment. We'll look ahead to Reading. But a man who deserves a lot of credit for the way Blues have performed, as we touched on earlier, is Sean Rush. Yeah, absolutely. Can't downplay or understate what he's done with this group this year. And I'm not digging out previous um, strength and conditioning or fitness coaches or head of conditioning, but... um, you know, we haven't been as fit in the last couple of years as we are this year, and you know we had we were plagued with hamstrings in the early stages of last season. Mm-hmm. Um, but this season, Touchwood, we've a game to go. Yeah, there's been you know you look at David Davis's injury, it's a freak accident. Michael Kifton Bell's late on again. He's a is a contact injury that you can't really account for. But in terms of the muscular ones, the ones that you can manage, uh, I mean to keep this group as fit and firing as they have for just a, a 46 game Marath season Mammoth um, campaign yeah testament to him and, he's, and I know he'll, he'll want to mention uh, his backroom staff as well mm-hmm. when we bring him in because um, you know Aman Aaron and Elliot you know the, the data that goes in um, the number crunching making sure they're monitored up in training um, you know it's become a bit of a scientific vocation this and um they do some fantastic work. I mean, like I say, the proof's in the pudding to keep such a small group going as for as long as they have, getting the results they have and finish games as strong as they do. 
Um, you know, it's not a coincidence, and, and Sean Rush has definitely had a huge, huge part to play in the success that we've, we've had this year. Well, enough of us talking rubbish then. Let's hear from the man himself, Blues Head of Physical Performance, Sean Rush. The Blues Talk Podcast. Rushy, we are in your very small office space. It's very small. At the training ground. Is this where they just popped you in? Is this, was this a cupboard? No, this but was... Out, this actually, when we got here, all the rest of the staff ran to be in the big office. And what it is, I was structured, and I thought, I don't want to be with them. I want to be by myself. So I come in this office here, I can shut my door and have peace without listening to all that rubbish in the other offices. Right. That's a good approach. Very I good think. tactical choice. Tactical, that's what it was. I think it's homely in here more than anything. I don't think it's like... I don't know where you your home cupboard? is, mate. But <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever read Harry Potter? You know, the cupboard under the stairs. Um. No, it's, uh, it is ideal. At the end of a long, hard season, mate, how do you feel? Tired, if I'm honest. Yeah. Probably the first time I've ever felt tired. I don't know because of the situations that's gone on through the season that it's all amalgamated to the end and like yeah it's been a it feels like a long one for me this one don't yeah. know why but yeah yeah we've we done a piece with you on blues tv in pre-season i remember you saying like this is on a 16th season 16th season i believe yeah in all sports yeah, yeah. yeah and yet you'd found or refound that enthusiasm and energy for it with this group of players yeah is that have you found that all season yeah, you said that in the summer before we've yeah we've just done nine months of slugging. yeah yeah now as the season's gone on it's totally dragged now on a serious note like the, the the i've just been talking to somebody at lunch actually about it and said what a group of players these have been mm. and i'll obviously stick my neck out here for the 16 years these have been the best yeah especially in the things that we deliver you know it's, it's simple things like nutrition supplementation the work we do in the gymnasium the work we do out in the paddocks on the field sorry then it's all taken on board, you know. It's they're a group who uh, are self-policed, mm. uh, and they drive each other on. And I think it's one of those where, if they don't follow the process and the protocols that we put in place, they get left behind, uh, which hasn't happened. So yeah, been really good, really good at that. Singing up praises for the boys. Yeah, has it been nice? Because I know you'll play this down, but supporters have recognised. I see it on Twitter all the time. The work that you and your department have done. It must be vindicating to see like that the fans have recognised yeah, small massive, group of players, you know, but all the way through. To be fair, over the last two, three years, I've always tried to get into the fans about what the department does. But here, I've had a, obviously a little bit more opportunity to do so. So some of the lads have been behind it on the on the, the Twitter or whatever social media feed it is. Then mm. uh, we've we tried to put as much out there as possible, just to give the fans a insight, a yeah. look insight, an insight yeah. into what we do. Do you know what I mean? And yeah. why we do it. So. Yeah. I think I think the fans buy into it. If I'm honest, yeah. So yeah, no, it's been no, it's been good to see. Talk us through your team, mate. I know you're in charge of what they do because I don't think they have a bigger presence in the sort of backroom staff as they probably should have. So yeah, so there's me, obviously, uh, title of head of perform physical you performance. Choose that? Head of physical performance. I don't know. I think it's just one of those where just people just make names up now, like so. I ain't really bothered. It doesn't bother me what title I no. am, but yeah. Uh, we all work together as one in this. So then there's a man, obviously, a man's uh, head of, sorry, first team sports science. And then Elliot is first team um, conditioning coach. Mm -hmm. uh, then we have the 23s, Finton and um, Chris Armstrong. Yeah. We have similar roles to the two above them. So mm -hmm. there is a structure. And then we've had three interns, uh, which I must say, I'll put it on the podcast, the three interns. Uh, especially Aaron, the first team one have been unbelievable this year. Right. I've, I've worked with a lot of interns. These three have been absolutely superb and a pleasure to work with. I think 
we're going to miss them next year because obviously they go back to the unis, respective unis. Yeah. Let's carry on the studies. Yeah, of course. We'll come on to the 23s actually because I know mm -hmm. we want to talk about their success that they've had and whether the work that Chris, Chris does is in tune with what you do with the first team boys because it's one thing that I think has emerged this year since the gap and yourselves walked in is that synergy between the 23 setup and the first team setup needs to be closer than it was. Everything from the way they play to training next to each other, so you can always keep an eye on what they're doing. So I'm going to ask you a little bit about that in a second. Did you always see yourself going into football and down the route that you have? Uh, was that always an ambition? Yeah, I think so. I think so. I was always into like conditioning and stuff like that. I was a physical education instructor who played football to not a bad standard. Mm. Um, I, I went down the coaching, did my UEFA badges, worked to finish, did my A license. And then I just thought this isn't for me, so I took a different track really, and then started working with the FA, doing all my uh, rehab and that yeah. sort of stuff, and my fitness trainers award and stuff. And uh, what put you off coaching? I don't know. I just I just got to a point where you know what I just yeah, I didn't not. see there any pathway in it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but from this side of it, I've always thought there's been a good pathway, and I've enjoyed it. You know, yeah, I mean, yeah. massive changes since I've first started out. Massive. Yeah. Especially in technology and yeah, yeah. You know, data and data equipment that you can get your hands on and mm -hmm. information and knowledge that's out there with the sports science and different papers that are out there to read and yeah, it's good, it's good. Yeah. Now that you find yourself at the end of a long old season, when do you start to eye up the summer? Do you have a bit of time like go up, disappear? Forget about it all. Yeah, I've just been saying to Cam before we came on, I've got my two weeks booked, mate. Nice. I'm going and I'm, my head's already done. <laughs> <laughs> He's on the beach. Yeah, I'm on the <laughs> beach. Yeah. No, no, no. Uh, yeah, I've booked it up and I, I'm going away for two weeks. And it's the two weeks, and probably we'll get six weeks off officially, the players. But I know I'm at the gaffer, and that, that won't be six weeks for me. There'll be phone calls, meetings, and that stuff going on. And I'll be coming in here now. Well, I do in the off season. I put on a couple of little training camps, yeah. which is purely um, voluntary from the players. I'll be in. I'll put some sessions on if they want to come in, do a little top up, yeah. get a dab on, sort of thing. Do you know what I mean? Prepare for the pre-season that's coming. Yeah. So there's always that. But yeah, so I go away for two weeks. The missus tells me the phone's off and stuff like that yeah, for two weeks, and that's. Uh, you bad on the phone. You always on your phone. Yeah, you yeah, just like same. yeah, it's like a like a not a little, little habit in it. Yeah, I know. I, mean, I think I got caught last night. I was watching the film last night and that. I missed half the film because then I had to ask what had gone on. I've been on the phone half of it. It's the same with me, like it's yeah. an extension of your hand now, isn't it? Yeah. You sat there watching something and you Prepping don't have a clue what's going on. Yeah, I am yeah. bad. It yeah. is terrible. I mean, I've, I've just been up north to see the kids and uh, they, you don't get a conversation with them unless they're. Like, nah, kids are the worst. Though. Oh, terrible. Kids are, kids are the worst. Do it on Twitter, do you? That's the way forward. Yeah, you, right. come, you come off the training ground here, you go straight into the, into the changing room, you watch the lads straight away, bang, they're into their phones and sit yeah, there, yeah. like nobody speaks to each other. No. Do you think that's. Do you think that's detrimental to the dressing room? We got such a good dressing room, so it clearly hasn't had too yeah, much of an impact. But yeah, you know, back in the everything that used to happen was in the hub of a dressing room. I think the lads has put certain rules in the in the building yeah. to certain phones that are allowed in certain areas, right. which have been good. One being the canteen area, mm -hmm. like yeah. I still a massive believer in the change room that we all should listen to the same sounds, same music, same music. Everybody's got headphones on. Some haven't. Some listen yeah, to yeah. music. And this, to be fair, that, when I say there's big changes in 16 years, the biggest changes is the. Music, <laughs> Honestly, it is absolutely. T if that motivated, I said to her, I, remember, I think it was Ali Dean the other day, I yeah, said, yeah. Listen, mate, we're trying to get motivated here, not to make love. We're going out, <laughs> going out for a fight here, son. Let's go. 
So what would you listen to if you were gonna? I don't know. I'm a bit what of a, you I'm up? a bit of a Stuart Pearce punk hero. Yeah, yeah, you know yeah, what yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean? yeah, he loves that. I do. I'm doing a bit of training at the moment, so I do like my like ACDC sort of. Just any rock that gets you going. Anything that gets me wanting to have a fight, really. Yeah, yeah. Not Barry White. No, 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 not Barry White. So you're a fighter, not a lover. No, no, I'm a bit of both. <laughs> Depends who it's with. Yeah. Depends what the moment is. I'm not lo- I'm not loving in the gym. <laughs> mm. uh, so if I can take you back, mate, to when you first walked through the doors. Yeah. How do you as head of performance assess the current group that you got? I know it's going back a little bit now, just over a year, but do you remember the first what was your first priority when you come in with Tina? Yeah, again, just to assess the group and get get hands on with them, see where they're at, maybe a little bit of testing, talking to the lads. Yeah. But it's a major one, like getting them to know one to one sort of stuff. Yeah. See where they're at. Feel, let them tell me where they feel where they're at, yeah. and then what they think they've missed, or and then speaking to the staff that have been here previously with previous regimes. And this isn't me slagging off previous regimes, by the way. It's just that I know the way that the gaffer works and how I work, mm. and where these boys have got to come into the scratch of what we need to do. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's uh, just getting hands on and getting that feel for it. Not coming in and making massive hall changes and disrupting the place. You know what I mean? When we first came in, it was yeah. mid-season, so you ain't going to do that. You're just no. going to cause ruptions. Yeah, of course. But then the summer comes around, and that gives you a chance then to stamp your... Yeah, and I think that was on. the best thing with that six months or whatever it was, leading to the end of last season. It that allows me to build for that pre-season, if yeah. that makes sense. Yeah, it wasn't yeah. me coming in and just having a fresh set of lads and then working one pre-season. I could build them up. Yeah. yeah, it was massive because we had to get the relegation sorted got that sorry but in the same process physiologically we're still building up for that first pre-season month which is going to be their yeah, yeah. biggest hit that they've had for a few years I think. yeah absolutely I've been on the last few pre-seasons but this year in particular is one where beastidom's the term that usually gets banded about but there's a, always a thought process to what you do I know it's yeah. not just running for the yeah. sake of running I think beasted one that's the quote off the old army one isn't it? When yeah, just running bag, yeah, yeah. which my son goes in in a couple of weeks is he? So, yeah, yeah he's going in the Yorkshire oh, okay. so See, I was getting beasted. <laughs> <laughs> um, how much do you enjoy that the summer, mate? When you get up for pre-season, I spend a lot of time out with you and did a lot of the runs. And yeah, it's, it's obviously that's the main call of your job, and yeah. you get that right. You know that's going to have fruition throughout the season to like January, February, even like the look at us now. Yeah, Wigan, I still thought we had decent legs, you yeah. know. So you know that the, how essential, and you speak to any player who misses a pre-season and then comes back in halfway through the season because of an injury or whatever and he's missed that pre-season time, he's always playing catch-up. Yeah, of course. I don't care what you say, what you put into him, if you miss that pre-season, you are always playing catch-up. So it's good from my point, but also from the players' point, they realise how important them six-week period yeah. is. I remember you saying that to us, actually. We've got it on footage of you saying that the top pitches back in like I've got July. I've radio, haven't I? That's when <laughs> I had another video number. I'm on podcast, <laughs> so you can't see before. No, we'll, do it. we'll get you on video again. <laughs> pre-season. Uh, but I remember you saying exactly that. Whatever they do in these next six, seven, eight weeks, will lead to fruition in the winter months yeah, all the way through the, Christmas. And I think what the one for me Dale this year is the way we have gone forward in a physiological way, the lads individually, like massive progressions if you look back, it's essential now that in the off season, yeah they've got to have time off. You know, we've had a small squad and mm. I think somebody put a quote out eight of the starting eleven against Rotherham or against Wigan, my well, Rotherham I think it was, eight of the starting eleven I played forty games each or above. Right. Which yeah. is a massive stat, isn't it? Yeah, you know what yeah. I mean? But yeah that's a progression so now they've got to realise in the six weeks off don't regress yeah. do you know what I mean really yeah. maintain so then we, go, we go to the next step in the pre-season and we go to the next step at the, in the next season yeah, so. yeah. How, do you, how do you think those stats compare with other champ clubs 
decent, I think, mate. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You'd think they're right up there. I'd, yeah, I'd, I'd like I think to see. Are, I'd like to see. Mate, with stats, though, you've got to read into stats what they are. Do you know what I mean? So if it's like total distance stats, well, how do you set up? What's your formation? Do you get into shape early? Yeah. So you're never going to get high total distance. Sprint stats, it's all related yeah. about how you play and yeah, how the game is flowed. Mm -hmm. So to have a stats and people put all oh, like leagues up and all like that, I think they're a little bit false, if I'm honest. Yeah. I've seen one or two stuff that's outside the dressing room where you'll put up certain stats for players to look at. Is that just a conscious effort for them just to check how they how they're doing at the yeah, moment? Yeah, I think so. And I think the way we do things in the gymnasium, we'll put some like we'll do some recordings of of certain uh, exercises, and we'll put a little sheet on there to show progression. I think when you're showing progression on what they're doing in the gym and why they're doing it in the gym, then you get that total buy-in and the lads get some feedback. So like the GPS, we don't give them loads of data. Because it'll just become a big mash. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? So but now we're just digestible little snippets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they get into it, and it's what they want, and then they can feed into it. But again, I'm just a massive one, and I'm trying to keep that progression, little pat on the shoulder, yeah. and little tickle under the chin, just keep them going. You yeah, know? yeah. Have you had to? You don't have to name names, but I'd, I'd imagine the group are pretty much self-policing anyway in terms of looking after themselves. Are they quite a good group in general? Would you have to have a word in one nah, or two? Nah. So we, like ninety nine percent, like they're yeah. just there and like they strike me like that. Yeah, yeah. You just deal yeah. With it. If just they do anything, like like they've turned up late, it's nothing through being vindictive or nasty. It's, yeah, you know what I mean. It's just something might have happened or a little yeah. bit of sloppiness. We just got a little yeah. little tap on the shoulder. But like I said earlier, like this group have been phenomenal all season from well since I've been in the club. Yeah, absolutely. How much have you enjoyed the season, mate? Yeah, been, I mean all the crap that's been thrown at us. Yeah, um, but like I said, I do like dealing in adversity. Yeah, so yeah. it's been like one of them where tin hats on in the trenches, yeah, yeah. fixed buttons, <laughs> over the top we go, hey Let's ho, go. Yeah, and yeah. how many times have we done it? Like, yeah. It's been unbelievable, <laughs> hasn't it? Do, yeah. you know? do you think that has helped create that together and let's go? To Mate, I, I said to you, I don't know if I said one of your videos, but I was at Hull City when we got promoted in, like, in 2007, eight, I think it was. But like that was the same. We'd had a relegation fight in the championship. Next year came. Did we make massive changes? No, I don't think we did. But there was just that adversity, that togetherness. Yeah. The lads that were brought in were the right to fit into that group, mm. and suddenly, boom, you up to the next right. level. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. And you see that here. Yeah. I do anyway. I feel it. Do you know? Yeah, yeah. You got that core that have gone yeah, through all that. Yeah, gone through a bit of. Yeah, yeah. Said on podcast. Absolutely. That'll be a bleep Fine. Around. In the edit. <laughs> yeah, you, you know what I mean. So it's like give him a bit more work to do and throw some more. <laughs> don't like work. Don't do that. Um, so yeah, yeah. I, I, just looking from the outside and seeing that the the core of the group. You'd imagine when you get the a player, pass out, mate. Do you, do yeah, you see that? Oh yeah, and mm. and if any players do walk through, walk through the door in the summer, yeah. they'd have to like you said, they'd have to be the right person. They'd have to change if there was a little bit of yeah. uh, bad eggs. But any players who walks in, who's got a little bit on their shoulder, they'd have to adapt to the group. Which is a really healthy position to be in when you've got you can trust that changing room to yeah. manage it itself and the lads all. So in the way, like the best thing I've seen is like I've not really seen it in football before is the, the way they are away from the environment with each other, mm. go out for meals, yeah. like go weekends away, yeah, whatever. Yeah. I mean a little bit of time away. Seems a bit old school that. Yeah, there used to be yeah. a bit of that in the nineties and yeah, that's right. Yeah, like togetherness and yeah, stuff. Yeah. Whereas it's probably going out of the game a little bit, but we've seen bits of that on Blues TV as well this season. There's a group like the team bonding activities that you guys have been running, like when you went shooting, for yeah. example. How that's kind of carried over. He's thinking of the reaction gifts now, but yeah. shooting how that's carried over to uh, to the players' lives as well. Yeah, yeah so I think so. Yeah, I think standards been set though, so they've bought into it and then they've taken it onto another level themselves. Yeah. yeah. Like even though I think the wives and the kids and all like that get together and stuff like yeah, yeah. that's great to see. Once you've got that environment in a club, 
Yeah. Yeah, How do you feel you've settled in the area and the Love it, mate. Love it, absolutely love it, yeah. Um, don't have to go in the city too too busy for me. Yeah. But like I'm uh, based out uh, in Warwickshire sort of way and I get all amongst it and yeah, yeah, yeah. I love the area. Yeah, nice. Um, how does it compare to you watching other sports? So rugby to rugby league, yeah. How does it how does it compare to that? Yeah, obviously it's okay. a team sport, so there's that comparison. But when you're working in rugby league, it's um, some big lads 50, there, by the way. Yeah, big units, mate. Especially the Maoris, and they can <laughs> they can sup and all. <laughs> can they? Yeah, proper suppers, yeah, mate. I, I it, once went out with a load of Maoris and Islanders, like mate. I think I lasted six pints. <laughs> <laughs> they just done me over. There was like supping. I think they had six pints in an hour, like Monsters. big boys, like. But the great. I mean, they're massive family oriented. When you talk about families, right. mm -hmm. massive, especially the Islanders, like yeah, yeah. Yeah, they're, they're living, they're all trying to get around in the same sort of village, yeah. town, the community. And uh, they're tight as anything, but when from a physiological part, it was, it's 50% physiological, it's 50% technical, that's how important the physiological, you don't, if you're not up to grade on physiological, you just get smashed. Yeah, of course. You know, every tackle of the car crash, so it's yeah, like, yeah. like three Gs and stuff like that, so it's yeah. a different level of mentality. And like, I think my, uh, what do I say, um, if you ask a rugby player, to run for a wall, he runs through the wall and asks you afterwards. You ask a footballer, he asks you before. <laughs> yeah, it's right. Isn't it? Yeah, it's probably a good comparison. Think about that though. So, what was your route? You spoke about doing the coaching of the FA. How did you end up in rugby and then back in football? I was working part time for Hull City. Uh -huh. I was doing some. Uh, Gaffer told us you were a big KR fan. Yeah, big. No chance, mate. Poor massive job. Black and white. Massive job. Black and white. That's it, mate. Yeah. Chairs nearly gone down. <laughs> um, so yeah, I was working all city part time, um, doing some strength and conditioning with the sixteens and stuff. Um, Pete Taylor was the manager then, I think. And then Phil Parkinson came in. He brought his own um, fitness coach to work with the first team. I think he got it all wrong and lost the players. Mm -hmm. So he sacked him, and then Phil Parkinson asked me to take it full time. Mm -hmm. So I did. Took the took the because uh, I've been in been doing a physical education for 16 years so then uh, took that ended up in a relegation fight for what have I done um, and then the next year we got promoted to the Prem so okay. and then just moved from there yeah something right three years I think I did um, part-time then seven years first team yeah and then good. moved to rugby league mm -hmm. Leeds United Middlesbrough yeah, yeah. And, and, there then you are. Lose. and there you are how do you find working with players in general? Do you find the majority of them are good wherever you've been? Yeah, I, I was talking to the guy about this the other day. You know, when I first went into football, I had players like uh, Michael Bridges, Danny Mills. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And the banter was unbelievable. <laughs> like, I used to go home and I just think, oh, I'm, in t I'm done here. Just get ripped apart. Yeah, I was like, like in tears. Like, <laughs> you'd, go, you'd go and sit up and then you'd come in and your gear would just be all thrown everywhere. I remember Danny Mills and the, the Biffa wagon came in and he goes, oh, Rushy, come for your session, mate. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah, brutal. Yeah, it was just brutal. Yeah. I remember yeah. Danny Coles. Remember Danny Coles, big centre. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he was like, uh, he'd been dropped, and I used to get the bomb squad, believe it or not. So on a Friday, I'd have like, I don't know, eight, eight players would do a little four v four, and I put the ball, the balls down. It was like a little lake, and he come just booting every ball into oh. the lake, like, and I was like, Danny, just leave me <laughs> one, just leave me one, please. You know what I mean? It was like one of them. Yeah. So yeah, so from that side, we used to get, like, say, you just get better, but then yeah. as the years have gone by, it's. I think I'd batter them now. Yeah, no, I think you did. I think, I think, I think I'd batter them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I've seen yeah. players home crying for me. <laughs> 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 I 
but no, it's um, Juki and Ali, Ali Dean just can't handle this, not me. No. <laughs> to more, more, just stays away from me because I can just. Yeah, he knows what's coming. Yeah, he knows what's coming. Southerners. Yeah, yeah. No, that's that's probably a good place to um, a good place to be, mate. To be fair, but what did you do before football? Before sport? Got into all that? I said I was a PE structure in the um, in the prison service. Was so. you? Yeah, so what would you have to do? Talk me through day to day that sort of thing. What would you resp- be responsible for? Just doing gym sessions, just like, drills with it. Yeah, just when you talk about big boys, some big boys oh, in there. I bet mate. you do. I bet you do. Well. Some big dangerous boys in there. <laughs> no, I loved it, mate. Did I you? absolutely loved it. Yeah, every day was superb. I was just like taking football sessions, delivering football yeah. qualifications. For them, I suppose those sessions they look forward to as well because they get some out and doing something, and so that. You get quite a good response, I'd yeah, imagine. Yeah, it's from good, a, mate. It's great buying, like... Do you ever have any hairy yes. moments? Or? Yeah, loads, but I can't really have... disgust in that <laughs> Loads. Be, we have, that'll save that for another podcast, but that'd be good. No. We'll, have, uh, to, we'll have to talk about I'll that. I've bored a few people off on my 16-year story, and, that, yeah. and that's where I did. No, I'd have to... Um, I we'll went with to Charles Bronson for eight months, six months. No, you didn't. Yeah. No, you didn't. Yeah. Yeah. Did you? Did, yeah. Actually? Yeah, yeah. What? I've, got, I've got pictures and everything of it. Have you? Yeah, go on my Instagram, there's a picture on there of it. When you, what, he was part of your, you have to put sessions on for Charles Bronson? Yeah, just me and six Did you banter him or did you? <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't think I said it away. No, he was good. To be fair, he was good with us. At least the funniest thing ever, so it had been raining on the exercise yard and there was a little puddle in the middle, and I mean a little puddle. He only stripped off naked, ran in and did a big belly flop into it. Like oh my God. Big Charlie Bronson, and he starts pretending to swim in it. And it's like, I ain't telling him to get out, whatever, whatever, whatever he wants to do. Yeah. Whatever he wants to do. Um, what's the what's the camaraderie like between you and the gaffer and, and everyone? Because obviously even Middlesbrough leads yeah. him as well. So it seems like you stuck up a good camaraderie or banter. Yeah, whatever. gaffer has no banter. He used to have banter, but football's drained his banter. Oh, no, has it killed him? Yeah, he's gone, mate. Yeah, you can tell that, can't you? Sure. I'll let you say that. Listen, <laughs> <laughs> don't. <laughs> you're in a position to say that. <laughs> no, good, good, real good. I've got a real good. Um, Absolutely, started off with banter. Uh, that was a gaffer just watching. Um, so yeah, um, yeah, real good relationship between all of us, and especially the ones that, that have travelled. But uh, always building that Leeds, Middlesbrough, come here. And, you know, we we have a little round now and again, yeah. discussion, whatever. But yeah. our views always heard, and I think it's always respected if that's the word I'm looking mm. for you know it's like and there's a thought process between everything that we do so it's good that's I mean when Gary asked me to to leave Leeds it was a big one for me because I, I did like it at Leeds United yeah. but when he asked me to leave I only left because of the way that our working environment was and yeah. like really progression for me was unbelievable so yeah of course how different was Middlesbrough without going into too much depth because he wasn't there for too long but Different, different, different experience to what you Didn't enjoy it, mate. If I'm honest, no. didn't that I mean like the first time when I sort of got the move, I was like, "Whoa, buzzing!" And then when I actually got into it and started working there, I thought, "Man, something underlining in the club." Like just not a good having. fit. Not a that's good what, fit. That's what the sense mate, I get when mate. you talk to any of the backroom stuff. It's just, a, you know, this sometimes it's just not a good fit. Yeah, exactly. Like, and there was a few things that I didn't like, and like, yeah. But then when you come here and you walk in the room and you feel it's a good fit, you yeah. know what I mean? You just feel like, "Whoa." This yeah. is the place where I want to be at, so absolutely, absolute great feel amongst it. Um, how much do you look forward to next year, Matt? I know you said you've got your holidays booked and everything, but to yeah, start again, to get all the lads back in, what would I, it be end of June? I think, I think from my point of view and, the, and the, my department's point of view is progression all the time. We can't just yeah. sit there on our laurels and what we've done this season, it's progression. How do we make it better? Mm. How do we make it individually better? How do we make it team specific better? How do we make the build better? Do we make it, what can we do around the building to make 
you know yeah. more accessible to the boys like so yeah. which is hard because it's a, as you've seen around the place it's yeah, tight yeah a yeah. lot, lot of bodies in small areas so mm -hmm. yeah you look around at other clubs and see what they've got it's like yeah big buildings yeah but we work it yeah, yeah you make and that's it. the thing like i think that also helps because it is a little bit strained that helps with communication on top of each other, yeah. yeah exactly because yeah. if there's no communication then we ain't we ain't performing now no the gaffer clearly can hear what we're yeah. what you're doing in here anyway paper thin walls yeah yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. um the lads will be in like you say you put the, the little sessions on if they want to come in on those specific days with the summer yeah, then end camps, of June. Yeah. i tried to get the gaffer to pay for me to go up to tenerife and put some camps on there but <laughs> so i'll put that myself yeah. that one we could it do that happen, mate, Blues TV sacked it off already. yeah the gaffer said i can go to uh Rygate, i think it was um, right. i think we're busy that week last week of june then you're getting back in I'd imagine towards the end of June, start yeah. July. Yeah, I don't want to give too many dates away, That's but yeah, fine. around and that yeah, pre-season. And then you're in. We're doing a couple of a bit of testing out at uh, Coventry Uni this year. Yeah. So that's going to be another upgrade in our testing for the whole of the year. Okay. So obviously you'll get down there with the cameras for yeah. that one. Um, so yeah, I'm looking forward to that, to be fair. Yeah. Yeah. Is, it, is the testing just obviously to keep a benchmark throughout the season? Do you do testing all the way through or is it just a pre-season? We try. We try yeah. and do benching in, in, in certain, especially like international breaks where we can get a hit in. Yeah. And it's just to see where we're at. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's not like a be all and end all, but it's a great guide. And I think sometimes if it's a positive feedback, it's a great guide for the lads. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? If they see progression in what they're doing, because again, what I said earlier is what they're doing in the gym, what they're doing on the green stuff. Yeah. And they see that and then it's a more of a buy-in and they, yeah, uh, I've just got a few on the injured boys. Cause obviously, Digger suffered a bad injury. Keith now yeah. Vass as well. What's it like for them when there isn't a pre-season and then they're trying to come back? They do a lot of rehab work in the gym with the medical staff and stuff. Yeah. But then when do they get handed over to you or your staff to go? Let's try and get some conditioning into. Them? I mean, or is it only when they join the main group. I mean, I'm going to say it like, but this physio department's again one of the best I've worked with yeah. uh, nominated for an award this year one yeah. nominated with the performance and staff as well so <laughs> throw that one in as well yeah, don't forget me <laughs> so uh, yeah so I don't know we, we start it's not like they hand over to me it's more of a we, we entwine yeah, we right. invite do you know I mean so I'll start taking sessions taking a little bit of the load off the physio department and yeah. then moving into sort of my physical area mm. uh, with, with obviously the rest of the lads in the department and then it becomes more of a physiological specific, football specific right. within the last couple of weeks. But we're always in there. We have meetings, a couple of meetings every week, mm -hmm. um, discussing the way we're going to take the players forward. And that's what do the what do the physio department need from us? What do we need from them? Yeah. And it's one of those. So it's really hand in hand, really. Yeah, yeah. No, it's good. I, I think a lot of people have been amazed at David Davis's Digger's mm. recovery to be playing, kicking the ball again this season. Unbelievable. How much of that is down to him? Yeah. Without a doubt. I mean, don't get me wrong, the physio department absolutely done a great job on yeah. him, unbelievably professional. But for Digger himself, his desire, mm -hmm. you know the geezer. Yeah, Everybody yeah. knows the geezer. The fans know him, do you yeah, know what I mean? It's yeah. like you, you, you see him and he is what he is on the tin. Like, people can break, mentally can break in them situations, yeah, yeah. and I've seen it, and players go under. But no point for that ever, ever through that his rehabilitation, do I ever remember him being under? No. Maybe the first week or so, do yeah. you know what I mean? But yeah, after that, it was as soon like, as you come to terms with the fact that he's in it, then it's like, right, yeah. we, we're going. He was always on top of his same <laughs> banter, and I don't know what yeah. I mean. It's just, <laughs> yeah. I mean he's he's going to burst through the door. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. I think we're on five <laughs> now. Okay. Set, so. <laughs> um, a few deletes. <laughs> and in my mind, Keith 
touch wood could be a similar mindset you'd like to hope that he's got the same sort of I mean you see how he plays but how he is around the place Yeah. once you get over that initial shock of right this is a it's a challenging one a few months off then it's all let's go yeah. I think he, I'd like I think to the, uh, the best one I've seen here is like you know we said about that common rivalry is when the lads are injured it's with injuries like that the serious ones is the rest of the lads get around them yeah. you yeah. know what I mean they don't just let them be and like live the life in the physio room they get amongst it and mm. it's like Cause I think that's part of the big negative when you get injured is the seclusion it's been yeah, away from it all yeah. your you know you see the boys oh, going can you imagine though living like if you had like eight months with pete shaw and dave Hunter. <laughs> <laughs> honestly like, you're really honestly, taking I this opportunity like, to batter somebody i'll get my agent said that i just retire <laughs> <laughs> medically retire, yeah i'm not going through eight months with them too yeah, yeah no you're right but you know they'll see the players go out and even when we win a game where you go through a good spell they won't feel the same Energy because no. they weren't part of it, they yeah. weren't feeling as buzzing. Whereas, the gaffer tries to keep them much like bring them to game times yeah. and stuff like that, and like keep them. And when the, like Digger was getting near at the time, he was getting involved with away travel and stuff yeah. like that, so yeah. just getting him back in that environment, yeah. But yeah, tough, tough, it was heartbreaking to see, but yeah. Yeah, it's the thing that will uh, stay with me for a long time, yeah, no, yeah, yeah, not great. And then Vass was the other one where Vass he's even harder one really because he broke down again yeah. once he was so close and like so, that's the mental one so now. you so you wouldn't have been it was this December wasn't it so you wouldn't have been was it December Vass's against Villa when he first it's Villa it? October I, I wasn't think. here so then. well before yeah. but so then you'd have been here towards the end of that season where yeah he started to get a yeah. bit closer and yeah yeah and then the uh, and did he come back and he broke down I can't remember off yeah that's it he had a, he had a, he had a little he came, he came back into first team training he had a shot and it was like well it's, he'd even admit his technique and it was disgusting like, <laughs> right. he did something like he wouldn't normally do to strike a ball right. at that moment he'd gone again like, he just fell for the kid again but, yeah. you know, it was just yeah. tough mm-hmm. some physical specimen though isn't he Vass yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah rapid as well yeah yeah quicker than me but there's some quick lads that well, rugby. That's not Adler, is it? Oh, you ain't seen me, bro. <laughs> yeah, that's what I've heard. Uh, <laughs> would have been some quick lads at rugby league that you'd have done? Or yeah, they big massive brutes yeah, from the Powerhouses, like they're just. There's a difference between rugby union and yaya rugby. I call it yaya, <laughs> yaya, yaya. Ah, okay. That's yaya rugby. Is they're just like rook and mall, go to floor. Yeah. Oh, yeah. okay. But rugby league, mate, they run over the top of you. Right. Bump. They're still going. Yeah, mate. They're just gonna run through you or over the top of you. <laughs> they're proper geezers, yeah. proper men, like. Yeah, no. Can imagine. Does their training differ? Differ what you'd have to do with them? You no, know, because of the power and the size. Yeah, of them like all. I said earlier, it's like fifty percent technical, fifty percent physical. So a lot. They're in the gym and they're lifting. Do you know what I mean? They're lifting yeah. big. But again, there's a bit of an old school mentality though. So especially the West Yorkshire lads, did uh, after a game would be six pints and right. high. You know what I mean? Because Dad used to work down mine. Okay. Yeah, and when yeah. he came home, what it is. every night there was six pints, and his newspaper used to be on the chair, never read. He couldn't touch it till Dad had read it. <laughs> right. So it's that mentality. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So they came from that. Yeah. Especially like I said, the Wesleys used to be called the West Yorkshire lads. Ah, right. They have mentality, so. It, uh, after training I've caught a few having a couple of pints after yeah. training and stuff it? like oh would the club have a problem with it or is it just accepted that's what rugby it would be advised was. not to do it yeah and it would be through an educational like yeah, this, yeah. Is, this is the best way forward yeah but this is like like 10 years ago yeah, of course. that was the norm yeah of course so you're trying to get to that level now when you look at the Aussies and the RNRL and how elite they are powerhouses and to get to that level yeah. well having two pints at the end of training isn't the best to be done to be to be recovering so mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Um, who are some of the standout performers there in rugby league? Anyone who I saw you uh, tweeted. Oh, Gazelle. Yeah. Yeah. What a bloke, mate. It's just a proper. When you look at Dukies, the rugby league equivalent to Dukie, Man Mountain, absolute nicest bloke you ever meet. Mm. Absolute unbelievable rig on him physique mm-hmm. but you get him on the pitch oh, sorry yeah when you think of Juki yeah yeah he's same, I mean he's cracking man the Southampton boy very nice very soft not educated. educated but part of book club yeah, yeah but book club yeah, article, yeah. Yeah. no yeah. banter <laughs> <laughs> and then suddenly you get him on the pitch you know he'll fight we'll go to war for yeah. one you don't yeah. mean you take him to the trenches wouldn't you yeah my final question mate is um are you more rugby then than football? No, football all the time. Football was my first love. Was it? Played the game, uh, although I did play a little bit of rugby league. But like uh, football's always my first love. And yeah. Like it's my trade and what I know the best. So I went went to rugby league for two years, but I called it a learning curve. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? It was a learning curve for me to find different aspects of the physiological process, so mm-hmm. to speak. Um, but yeah, definitely. That's one for me. You're big on social. We're going to get a plug. Blues talk. Listen yeah. to all the other. Oh, right. you, have, you haven't listened to any of our. Right, you haven't listened to any of our. So like podcasts a so far. You want me to come in here, listen to the gaffer for twenty four seven, then go home and listen to the gaffer. Isn't happening. Right, the gaffer's only. I'd one rather of, listen to the missus and the gaffer. <laughs> He's only one of five podcasts we've done, and you haven't mm. backed it. Well, then name who you got. Trevor Francis. Oh, right. legend. Leg- legend. I'm not going to diss him. Give me another one. Kevin Phillips. And Again, Paul legend. Robinson. Paul Robinson, snore off. Pep. Pep. Snore off. <laughs> uh, is that what? Is that what we're up to? Oh, him. I bet he's fun, wasn't he? Lee Camp. Uh, Camping. No chance. What, what are your thoughts, Russia, on WWE? Uh, it's not a thing I even think is. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I don't even recognise it Thank as you. a sport. It's not a sport. <laughs> it's not a sport. But I, Campy and him are sitting there I for twenty there minutes. Once. I actually had to take my son to Sheffield to watch it. Yeah, the Sheffield Four Arena. Hours of Incredible, pain. isn't it? No, it's not. <laughs> bad parenting. You like spot. it, don't you? I do, yeah. Oh, uh, you, Callum, you've gone, mate. We can't Honestly. do another 20 minutes on it. 20 minutes of him in camp. Oh, you're 55, son. You can't come in and watch the WWE. <laughs> Look good for it, though, don't I? <laughs> and I think on this awful WWE note, it's a good time to wrap up. Yeah. So, Rashid, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you ever so much. Thank you, Rashid. Cheers, mate. It's been a pleasure. Thanks, boys. The Blues Talk Podcast with Dale Moon and Callum Denning. What a man. Sean Rushes. I think we we suspected it from the minute he walked through the doors, and then you get to know him, and he's everything you imagine. It's the proper character. Yeah, proper man's man, isn't he? Yeah. Oh, bit little old school in there, but um, yeah, I think he's like we said in the lead up to that chat with him, um, played such a vital role. And you, you only have to listen to the manager when he talks about the difference that his backroom staff have made this year, along along with Flavs, Beats, Pep, Ryan Needs. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he very much shares the credit out and. You know, Rushy's uh, yeah, deserving of all the accolades that, that he's getting. Just sorry, thinking back to when we first spoke to the manager, he said about putting subtitles on the video for Rushy. Yeah. He stinks of being, what is it? Is it is it a proud, Paul I don't know the native? What's the way of describing No, I don't. Maybe the contem- maybe listeners can tell you. Fr- is, that, is that what it is? I'm Ma- making this up. Right, anyone who's listening can, can probably tell us because we're... Yeah, ignorant. If you're from Hall, at yeah. Dale Moon 19, <laughs> at Denning 52, let us know. Yeah. Don't know how to refer to you. Anyway, yeah. one thing I do know how to refer to is our home match against Wigan. A mm. little bit of a non-event, but even still, the man, Juki does it again. Minute and a half. Yeah. Repeat of the Derby fixture. Puts us 1-0 ahead. Yeah, it's, it's a defensive error, isn't it? He uh, goes down the outside and, and prods it home. And again, you say, what's... 
it's repeating itself. But um, yeah, good again. Like I say, I mean, fourteen for the season now, career high for Juki, mm-hmm. ten assists. What what a season he's had. Uh, a lot of supporter comments point to the fact that you know they would he would be their vote um, for supporters player of the season awards evening, of course, coming up this Monday. BCFC.com. Limited tickets still available. Well done. Great plug. I'll be happy. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, that he'll, be, he'll be their choice for, for supporters player of the season. You can see why. I mean, crucial to how we play and gr- great that he's added the goals he had as well. I think he's never got past uh, that, that. I think 12 was his twelve yeah. was his, his, his high, his career yeah. high. So, for him to reach 14 with these last couple of goals is great for him. But it's even then, like, we speak to him after the game and he's still so very downbeat and modest about it. He says, yeah, it's great. You know, I'd like to score more. I'm all about the team. There's no sort. He never gets carried away. Worth pointing out that uh, with those goals, he's got what 13 assists as well. So he's been involved in 25 goals. Yeah, well, that's it. I mean, his his all round game's just crucial to how Blues have played this year. Um, great to see him uh, sport the uh, done the, the, yes. the captain's armband as yeah. well. Uh, as worthy a captain as you can find. Mm-hmm. You know, in the absence of Michael Morrison, worth pointing out there was a few changes. Of course, Harley yeah. went under the knife. With a, a groin problem. What a trooper, by the way. Yeah. The amount yeah. of time he played on. Yeah, two or three months, yeah. we've read. Uh, ridiculous. Ever since they changed him across, didn't they? They swapped sides yeah. highly from left side back to right. Because whenever he was swinging his foot, his leg at the, that board, his left foot, it was just irritating him. I mean, for him just to have the the will, determination, go through the pain barrier, the want to, you know, you give a footballer any excuse and he'll take it. But for him, it was all about playing and fair fight. I mean, Credit to him, absolute soldier. Um, but yeah, no Morrow, no Harley, no Mags. Um, yeah, I mean, it's just, like I say, great to see Juki get his goal. Um, and I think it was the, we were going down the captain's route where we were Morrison missing. Yeah. Uh, he spoke about how proud it was of him and his family after the game for him to wear that captain's armband. Um, and yeah, fitting, fitting that he got his goal and gets a career high and rounds off with a game to go, uh, a fantastic season. Well, I think other than that, it's fairly, it passed by, it happened. Yeah, the wind obviously wrecked a lot of, yeah. we, as, as a spectacle, it's never great when the, when you get a blustery wind, you have what all the storm conditions. storm was it we had? What was, what was oh, the name? I don't, I don't storm something. Um, yeah, it just seems to wreck the contest of the game. I mean, there's a lot of miscued passes, slicing mm-hmm. things out of play because I just couldn't judge where the ball was going to sit. Um, so that don't make it a great game to watch. Um, both teams were safe. Um, Wigan's, with all due respect to Wigan, it's not a glamour tie. They don't bring thousands of fans. So um, it was one that's, you know, it was a nice way, I think, afterwards to thank all the supporters and the supporters to thank the players. That was probably um, the big plus point for the day. I was about day. to say, that's my highlight of Saturday. I mean, seeing the connection between fans, mm. players, staff. It's incredible, isn't it, this year? I mean, we've said it so often on this podcast in the two months we've been going, yeah. but the unity this year is unparalleled. Yeah, yeah. They bring all their families on. It's a nice moment for them. They take all, they get all their pictures taken, yeah. get their applause and have a little walk around the pitch. Fans are obviously you know, loving Gary Monk and Shay and just a really nice moment for them all after what's been a fantastic season of progression, you know, despite everything that's been thrown at the club. Yeah, of course, we'd like to have made playoffs and not have the nine-point deduction and be run, a, run away with the league. But given everywhere, you know, where we've come from in the last five years, um, the connection off the pitch is closer than ever. You've got a manager who genuinely cares for the club, a backroom staff who support him, a group of players that put their bodies on the line, run through brick walls for the shirt, 
uh, it's a good place. We're in a good place to be now, heading into the summer. So it was a fitting way to, to round up a, the home campaign, just for those supporters who did stay, and give the lads a, a, a big round of applause and a few songs as well. So yeah, nice way to finish after the Wigan game, despite a, a boring game itself. We end our season in Royal Berkshire yeah. on Sunday in Reading at the Medeski Stadium. Looking forward to it. Thrilled. Honestly, right? Thrilled. So, living down south, mm. Reading's been a fairly local away day for me for many years. Don't think I've ever seen us concede there. So, we've got that going for us Good ahead of the record. weekend. Yeah, I'm trying to think if we have seen us concede there. I think we've got, we've got four. There goes my microphone. Okay. That's how excited I am, Dale, for <laughs> Sunday. We've gone four games without conceding there. I'm sending me. microphones everywhere. I'm that excited. Um yeah, Great yeah. win last season as well, let's not forget. Yeah, yeah, I remember uh, Sam Gallagher scoring, Jeremy Boger going on an, an unbelievable run, um, setting up Sam Gallagher to score. It's actually one of the, the Steve Cottrell wins kind yes. of the Christmas period, where it looked like we were going to kick on and it just never materialised. But um, yeah, it's one of them. We, great memories from the promotion winning season. I've been a supporter in that away end of the old man. Mm hmm. Watching the game and Fahey scoring right in front of us, and then Phillips down the other end. We Super had to win care. that day, yeah. didn't we? Um, to go up, and that was great. I still, you know, the full time whistle goes, and McLeish and a few of the back. JP actually, it was. I think it was his first game, and he's out I on think the pitch. JP the kit man. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, JP the kit man. I think that get that think picture I'm for right. Twitter. He'll, he'll correct me if I'm wrong. But I remember talking to him this week. I think that was his first game, spreading away on that promotion. We've got to get pictures and videos. Oh yeah, there's videos. Yeah, he, ju he jumps up and down. Yeah, yeah. And oh, then yeah, with David Gold and Karen Brady. Yeah, yeah. So JP's down there pitch side with them all. As soon as the final whistle goes, he's jumping more than he's, you'd think he'd been there for, for, for years. I think it's his testimonial year. Um, so, yeah, good memories of, of the Majeski. But again, no Reading will want to finish their home campaign on a high. So, it'd be nice to finish with a win. You know, the gaffer, you'd imagine, will you know, make changes if he wants to make changes. But um, I think. You know, it's nice to be in a position where the nerves aren't jangling. We're not sitting here talking about having to get this amount of points or results elsewhere. I'm trying to think how many times in my lifetime I've actually been able to say that. Yeah, it's I know it's a weird feeling. It was at Wigan. It was a weird feeling. A part, <laughs> a part of me enjoys the drama. Yeah. A sadistic part of me enjoys it, but then um, no, you don't want you don't want to keep flirting with it because as Kevin Broder said on Blues TV at the weekend, you eventually fall through the trap. Yeah, door. absolutely. You, know, you can't keep evading it by final day drama or a goal here or a last gasp, Paul Caddy's header. Or eventually we're going to go, and it's not where we should be as a football club. So the ser the serious part of me is thankful that we've, yeah. we've got across the line, but then season fizzles out with two games. Just to take the drama at the other end. That way, win win almost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's you know, and it's quite nice to watch. Um, you know the scores will be coming in, and the picture I'm sure will change quite a bit. Yes. Even if not in the Championship, you know the Premier League race, mm -hmm. League One on the Saturday, um, you know, both the playoffs picture and and the relegation zone as well yet to be decided in League One. So mm -hmm. it's nice to be perched in the comfort of safety and watching the supporters and players at other clubs go through the craziness. Credit as well. Speaking of supporters, another sold out away end at the Medeski for as we've said. Yeah. Bit of a nothing game yeah you know what like we've said before on this podcast it is and I'm, I know supporters will, will say well you work you go to every game you're at the club and I get that and we do get to see the away and from a fantastic vantage point of, of you know how the home supports Sea Blues fans but I do miss waking up 
going down the pub, having a sausage sandwich in the morning with the, the old man and my brothers, going down the game, just as a group of lads, getting behind, having a good sing, supporting the boys on an away day, whether it be a Reading, I mean, it seems to see for Bolton or Reading, we finish every season. Yeah. Um, and that's the one bit you do miss. And this season, I've filmed our away support countless times, just in awe of how it looks from a home perspective. Uh, talking to someone at Rotherham, you know, they said we've been the best support they've had at the New York Stadium for the best part of five years. And you go to these grounds and I think, you know, yeah, we've had our trouble this year with one or two incidents, but in the main, the supporters have just been absolutely phenomenal. And uh, credit to them because, you know, every club says they've been for the mill, they've got a great set of supporters, but genuinely, as a, as a set of fans, I think they're the, the best in the division. Well, you'll be able to hear that vocal backing at the Medeski on Sunday. Live audio commentary on Blues TV. Jonathan Bell and David Cottrell will be providing that. Live Cots. video footage as well for Cots. international subscribers. Yeah. Cottrell's back. back in yeah, the yeah. Game. He did it the Bristol game, didn't he? He did, yeah. Does it when he suits him, don't he, David Cottrell? Yeah. Local. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Back to prison. He tells us he wins a base. or oh, puts him down for Reading. Cheers, <laughs> Cox. But no, he, he's good. I think he went down really well at the Bristol game. I know supporters were impressed by his, uh-huh. his punditry, so offers a, a different angle on things. So yeah, looking forward to, to having him with us. Have to get him in here at some point. Yeah, yeah, 100%. We'll go down to Windsor. Uh, yeah, 100%. We'll, we'll get him, uh, hopefully, over the summer. There'll be one or two, hopefully, we grab yeah. through the summer. Former players, when the, when all the lads disappear to, I don't know, Vegas, Dubai. Wherever they go. Yeah. It's all right for some. Telling themselves. <laughs> well, one name who has been on the lips of supporters this season is the club's top scorer, Shea Adams. He'll definitely be taking home one award on Monday evening, that being top goal scorer for the men's side. But I think the biggest honour he's going to get all season is this takes on the quick fire questions with Dale the Blues Talk Podcast uh, what music do you listen to before a game R&B rap any artist in particular uh, Gunner uh, Lil Uzi uh, Young Thug Snapchat story or Instagram story neither favourite restaurant to eat <sighs> tattoo new one nice what's your karaoke song or initiation song uh, it was Fresh Prince of Bel-Air favourite movie Ain't got any. No, poor from you. Which country produces the best food? Oh, I'd say like Asia, like Thailand, that sort of way. Nice. What's your middle name? Uh, I've got too many. <laughs> <laughs> What's your ideal holiday destination? Uh, ideal? America, probably. Have you got a favourite TV series? Oh, yeah, Game of Thrones. I just started it. <laughs> uh, what do you order from a coffee shop or if you go to Costa or something? Vanilla latte. Uh, best goal you've seen whilst on the pitch? Best goal? Can't be one of yours. Just got to be like that is a goal. Um, probably Keith against Brighton. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what instructions do you give to the barbers when you sit down to have your hair done? Freshen up, freshen up. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> what's your favourite cheat meal? Cheat meal? meal? Probably like Domino's after a game. Solid. Uh, what did you go dressed as to your last fancy dress party? Green Lantern. NBA, NFL, Major League Baseball, or you don't care? Don't really care. Uh, what are the names of your WhatsApp groups that you're part of? This group will do. Um, blues, and that's really it. Can you play a musical instrument? No. One person, dead or alive, you don't want to have dinner with? Mm, Michael Jordan. Good answer. Can you speak another language? No. Which Hollywood actor would you choose to play yourself in a movie? Denzel. <laughs> 
And like Denzel. If the whole squad had, squad had a Royal Rumble, who would be left in at the end? Me. <laughs> the lies. Three words to describe your Blues roommate. Uh, funny, happy, and sexy. Who is it? Myself. Best pair of trainers slash boots you've ever owned? Pair of trainers, probably like, um, I don't know, man. Probably Yeezys. Boots? Boots, probably the ones now that are Adidas ones with no laces. Mm. Endorsement. Favourite pizza? Meat feast. Favourite ice cream? Oreos. Aftershave of choice? Um, I forgot the name, but I wear it Creed? a lot. Nah, that's nice. Black Orchid? No. Uh, it's from the next one. Mar- David Beckham. Marcus <laughs> Kojan or something like that. Right. Rouge or something like that. If you could be any nationality other than English, what would it be? American. Have you got any tattoos? No. No, one on my wrist. What's your uh, mum's signature? What type of student were you at school? <laughs> Troublemaker. <laughs> Shock. <laughs> What's the strangest thing you've eaten? Strangest? Um, probably like a shark or something like that. You've had that? Yeah, yeah. Really? In Thailand, yeah. Nice. What's on your bucket list or anything that you want to do? Uh, I want to like drive around America doing all like the tours and stuff like that. Uh, yeah, all that stuff. Seeing just seeing the world really. I'd like to go to Brazil as well. Uh are you addicted to anything? Yeah, Fortnite. Oh, yeah, Gaming, yeah. Uh what are you most afraid of? Uh, I don't like snakes. Uh is there a certain oh favourite city other than Birmingham and Leicester? London, Manchester. The best way to eat chicken, so how is it flavoured and what part of the chicken? Nando's what part though? Breast, wing, thigh, th- thigh. Yeah, yeah, thigh. Down. Medium, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, your thoughts on fishing? Boring. Mm-hmm. Have you got any sporting memorabilia? Yeah, I've got uh, the, the stuff from Birmingham this year, like hat-trick balls, t-shirts. You have traded shirts, but you got anyone else's shirt? Uh, I've got some people. Yeah, I've got um, just my mates to, who play for different yeah. teams. Finally, have you ever read a book cover to cover? No chance. (laughs) (laughs) Shay Adams, thank you very much. The Blues Talk Podcast with Dale Moon and Callum Denning. Just to clarify, other peri-peri chicken places are available. The bookworm, Shay Adams. Nando's is the best. Apparently so. Come on. The best way to eat chicken, according to Shay Adams. That's always a bad shout. It's always a breast. I'm a breast I'm a butterfly man myself. Are you? Yeah. Can you eat meat off the bone? Why, why, Why butterfly? I can eat it off the bone. And I think, you know, it's, it's quite nice that way. But butterfly, there's You're something... You're a lemon and herb, man. No, hot. Oh, yeah. Hot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Honestly. Uh, there's something appealing about being able to just, you know, dive in. <laughs> but not necessarily <laughs> at Nando's, at any chicken yeah, place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All other chicken establishments are available. Loads of them. But I seem to live in Nando's. So You've got a black card. That's no. a dream, isn't it? No. Remember that song? Yeah, yeah, the, the Nando skunk. Yeah, 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 yeah. Good, that one. I would quite like one. We digress. Anyway... Serious question though, related to quickfire questions. Yeah. Shay, I presume, will be going on holiday at some point this summer. Oh, yeah. What book are we getting him? I don't know. She's never read a book cover to cover. It's got to read something. It's got, like, I've gone through these questions actually with my family at the weekend. I think the books I've read cover to cover are mostly sporting biographies or autobiographies. Gazza's, PLO's. Reliable. Um, so I'd imagine he'd get into them. I mean, lads just don't, the lads aren't, I mean, there's a book club that obviously we found out tomorrow. Yeah. Morrow Duke, uh-huh. you know the the elder statesmen. They're clearly into their their books, but among the young lads, they're just not readers, listeners, but not readers. Podcasts, for example. Oh, there you go. 
Why read no future when you in that. To us? No future in podcasts, mate. Take no. it from me. Anyway, uh, something that there is a future of. Don't know where I'm going with this. No, it's going to be an I'm, awful segue. Like, I'm, I'm going to have to think of something <laughs> on the fly now. I didn't prepare for this. Um, I suppose Monday's on the future. Player awards. <laughs> Looking forward to it. Yeah, you know what? This football club, and I am going to blow our own trumpet, of all the ones in the region, this is the one. I mean, we put on a player awards better than any of us. If you haven't been, try and get yourselves down. Mm. Are there... I don't know if there is any availability. Limited. Okay. Limited tickets. Okay. Uh, I, I know it's it's quite an expense, but it's a fantastic night. Uh, great meal, great company, couple of hosts. Are we announced who the hosts are? Hayley McQueen, great. Pete Graves from Sky Sports News. Great. Both there. Good. Sky Sports News, very own. Um, so they'll be, they'll be hosting the night, which adds another dimension to itself. Nothing against Tom Ross, he can enjoy it on the media table, but in all seriousness, great evening. Uh, good way to celebrate with the players. Uh, they'll have auctioned off items, uh, raise money for both Women's Aid yeah. and Jeff Horsfield Foundation. Jeff Horsfield Foundation, because of course, for the first time ever, it's the men and women's yes. player awards. One uh, club. Yeah, yeah. So, um, looking forward to that. But yeah, always a good way to to finish the season. And then the players disappear for the for the holidays. But now looking forward to it. Obviously, a host of awards like like you say, Shay's the really one that's tied up the top goal scorer one mm-hmm. despite a late Michael Morrison rally he came close um, but I'm intrigued to see how the supporters voting goes yeah you know because you, yeah Shea's got his goals but there is you know some big contributions made across the team we're going to make our picks I mean I know you hinted at Juki yeah, earlier yeah you know yeah you can't look I mean listen Shay Adams has broke records at the club for the first time since Steve Claridge 94-95 a player to score over 20 goals. I mean, that is a huge achievement and quite rightly should be honoured for it. Uh, and he does the most difficult thing in the game. But if there can be any notable mentions for Lukas Jukovic, Michael Kiftenbaugh, two centre-halves, Maxime Kalinu for the last four or five weeks in particular has just been another level. Um, you know, Gary Gardner, the competition... The, Colin Mahoney in recent... You could go through the whole Harley side. Harley Dean for being a trooper. I mean, you know, for playing for injury. It's a difficult one. Shea has got the headlines. I understand that. But I would not be surprised if there's a sneaky shout of, of a, uh, an award going elsewhere. Well, I'm looking forward to finding out. Now, we yeah. are going to be there. I think it's just going to be a case now. We've said we're going to be there with the podcast. Yeah. Are we going to be... The, on the fly. Just pestering the them during dinner. Yeah, Grab everyone. Yeah, Listen, yeah. if you're there, come and say hello. We'll be floating about, I'm sure. Are you staying sober uh, whilst we're recording? Absolutely. Professional. Okay. Professional to the very just end. making sure. Listen, we've got an award show to run, mate. I'm just making sure. On the level. Yeah. But if anyone would like to bring us food. Be, you're a bit light blues. The gaffer says you, you have to be at 100%. I can't carry you throughout the awards. The team behind the team, mate. So make sure that you. Uh, yeah. You, you record what you need to record and then you can have a little sherbet. I said, if anyone wants to bring me food, that's fair game. After Come party at Nouveau. Yes. Looking forward yeah. to that. Yeah. Last year it was Olivia's Townhouse. This year at Nouveau. So for the Ravers amongst you till three, four o'clock. Looking forward to that one. And uh, that will yeah. be the end of the season. It's a bit emotional. Women do still have one game yeah. away at Yeovil. Uh, what season, by the way, just in the preparation for the scripting of the end of the season awards, just having a look at their their year, you know, to be competing with those those at the top, sitting third at the minute. Though, yeah. Chelsea have a game in Andover, mm-hmm. I think one place below. Uh, I mean, what a season to go through the, you know, 
I know adversity is a word that's been used by Gary mm-hmm. quite a bit, but change of manager, Mark's going to go into Orlando Pride, mm-hmm. Marta coming in, lots of change and not turmoil, but you know, you go through someone else's training methods and it's difficult to adapt and, you know, her English is okay, but, you know, the girls have, um, you know, turned in three on the spin now at the end of the season. Hopefully they can round it up with four on as yeah. well. Get that third place finish, because again, fantastic achievement. We look forward to celebrating their achievements and the men's on Monday evening. Until then, I suppose that's us. We better start thinking of what we're actually going to say during the close season. What are you doing? You know what? I get quite often. What are you going to do during this summer? They think we get it off. Like nah, the players work. Like, this is the engine room. We don't stop. Hold this club together. This this is the glue that binds us all. And uh, lots of planning to be done. Kit launches. Looking forward to that. Yeah. Look, sit the feet. The sixtures. Sixtures. Fixtures. Seasons. <laughs> fixtures. There we go. The sixtures will be announced. <laughs> Uh, in the summer, so we have that to uh, to sort. Branding for Blues TV, plans for features. It all goes off during the summer whilst everyone's off. England, of course, playing as well. Yeah. So um, women's World Cup. Lucy Stanforth and Ellen White. Blues representatives at the World Cup, hopefully. So little things to keep us ticking over, but we'll definitely continue the podcast. Grab some former players as well. Um, are we allowed to plug other podcasts? I'll be the judge in the edit. Say what you need to, and then uh, we'll see if it makes it. Okay. If you're a fan of football podcasts, a big shout out to Under the Cosh, which is a podcast of you know John Parkin, the Beast, the Big Man, scored against Blues annoyingly. Great goal, chested down and volley. Uh, is it Alan Brown who was at with an E at the end? Yeah. I think it might be him as well, and their mate. Who's this little bald man who ticks it along? He's the one who does all the research. Anyway, their, what I'm saying is their podcast, highly recommended. Go and watch it. They get former players on. Um, it's not gonna get. It's not gonna go out. This will make it. This Carry on. Gonna, it's Keep not gonna going. make it. But I'm just saying, if you're a fan of them, go and check them out on YouTube because it's been helpful on my commute into work every day this week. But obviously, this this is number one priority. Now we need to round it off as if we're not including this. So oh, I'm keeping it in. That's that's making the edit. So is that. Uh, this has been Blues Talk. Warts and all, I think, this week. Uh, we look forward to the Player Awards. We look forward to coming back in two weeks' time with some semblance of a podcast. Mm. But until then, we're doing the trademark two okay. Ronnies. Okay, let's go. I've been Callum Denny. You've been Callum Denny. He's been Dale Moon. And I've been Dale Moon. This has been Blues Talk. The Blues Talk podcast with Dale Moon and Callum Denning.